This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. This out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pat him. Can Hi, we, boy. Can we touch him? No, no don't. <laughs> Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Just grabbing together here a few last-minute notes before we come on the air with you on the Ward Scott Files. I apologize, I apologize, I apologize for not being promptly here in front of the camera. But uh, there's a lot of things breaking here at the last minute that I had to try to piece together here on the Ward Scott Files. This is Professor Ward Scott in the Warthog Command Center in the Melbourne Law Studio in the piney woods of North Central Florida, which as you know is God's country. Beautiful day today. Hello to all people checking on. Um, I wanna begin by uh, showing my appreciation for uh, for lack of a better term, and I think it's a pretty good term and a very unusual term. I don't know of any other uh, show, podcast or radio, that has a research team and approaches the conversation I'm having with you from the point of view of a professor and his students. And this has always been the way in which I've done my life. And so this just seems like a natural extension of the way in which I've been thinking and training others to think for quite some time. So you really are all students, as we've been saying before, or students, as I like to tease. And um, uh, we, uh, we depend very much on your input and your uh, research. In my research classes, I learned a lot from the research work that my students did. And that's the way it should be, and they in turn hopefully learn from me. So I've learned quite a bit about um, uh, the community SWAT team issue yesterday that we brought up. And um, it's been very good um, uh, to hear from some of you. I've gotten some very good suggestions uh, from some people who shall remain, of course, uh, unnamed. And um, the interesting thing about the suggestions are how closely, obviously, uh, the individuals were in watching the show, not all of whom watched it at this moment uh, during the uh, live presentation presentation here on Facebook. And I realized many, many watch, of course, recorded Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, over on the wardscottfiles.com where we archive all of our shows. Morning, Tim. Um, and we're getting as Tim Martin checking on, who is my great co-host. Um, and from time to time, I hope to, you know, just call on him again because he brings a fresh perspective, a little bit temperament, a little bit different temperament from mine, but uh, very sharp and, and uh, knows what's going on. So um, the uh, hello, Jody, I'm going to get to that, though. Yeah, I'm going to get to my thoughts on the election, sir. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, Jody. Long time friend, long time uh, standout member of our community. So. I uh, appreciate all of you all being my students. I mean, it's really flattering. Uh, I got to tell you a little confession that uh, um, I was uh, sitting with my wife, as you may have seen if you're on Facebook, we're having brunch at uh, Steve Spurrier's Gridiron Grill last Sunday, and people were walking by our table, and there was one uh, young woman who walked by with her family or her friends, whoever she was, she was, looked over and saw me, and said, just blurted out, best college professor ever. Those kind of things are really what keeps us teaching. And I'm gonna to refer to that as the heart of uh, uh, teaching and heart of uh, education in a moment when I get into analysis of the school board, which was like a circus uh, last night and uh, talk about it uh, with you uh, from point of view of somebody who has been in a classroom for over 40 years. Um, Good morning to Jackie and Ray, longtime friends and fans. Um, much of this show is only possible through donations. Uh, we do have our faithful sponsors, uh, and we'd like to have more, of course. Um, 
but uh, you know, there are production costs and there's web maintenance costs. And there's also sometimes we get uh, held up, if you will, by someone from whom we're doing public records requests. They'll tell us that uh, you better pay up or we won't give it to you because what you want is so voluminous. Uh, one of the public records requests that I received yesterday from someone who is very, very knowledgeable about law enforcement uh, situations, whom I shall not name, but who watched the show very closely, very, very closely, and uh, we, we, just, we talked last night, is that if we want to, and I'm going to do this, and I don't know how successful we'll be at getting it, because they tend to drag their feet if they think what we're going to give get is something that could hurt them. And I'm talking about a lot of institutions, public institutions, sadly. But the suggestion was made that we make a public records request from the Gainesville Police Department for a, a number of SWAT team uh, uses. In other words, this wasn't the only time the SWAT team was ever used. So let's do a public records request for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever of the last uh, uh, SWAT team uh, uses. And uh, let's see if this one here is different from those others. And I can guarantee you that having talked to quite a number of people who contacted me, that most of the time, the SWAT team, if it's not a domestic situation where, you know, a man and a wife or that sort of thing, uh, then it is a narcotics SWAT team uh, uh, arrival. In other words, this is unheard of by law enforcement for SWAT team to be used, as many of you remarked, for uh, a commercial real estate argument that really is a civil matter. And this would easily be, uh, notwithstanding the Hollywood video that GPD produced, uh, this would easily be uh, discernible if we take a look at the typical SWAT team use. That is a very good suggestion. Uh, plan on doing that and we'll keep you up to date on it. Of course, by announcing it now, we tip off GPD, but what can they do? They can only try to violate public records requests, which would get them in bigger hot water. So really right now, the reason I'm saying this to all of you is that we'll keep you up on the success of getting that request. It's a very reasonable request. It's one I never would have thought of. It's one coming from somebody who has been on many, many SWAT team uh, experiences as a SWAT team member. So it is uh, most interesting that this person contends that, well, if you want to find out what a typical SWAT team raid is like, make a public records request for how GPD distributed or dispersed the SWAT team for the last uh, several instances. Also, there's a very good suggestion about whether or not medical personnel were present on this because medical personnel should have been. If something goes wrong, uh, witness the George Floyd situation, you know, where the EMT was late in arriving. Uh, and really, it contributed to Derek Chauvin's having to hold uh, George Floyd down uh, a, a, a pretty good while because they were waiting on EMT and EMT was late in arriving. Now, I'm reciting this from memory, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. So here we have a situation uh, where there is a AR-15 pointed at an innocent person. Uh, what if something went wrong? Uh, the, the use of an AR-15 is really pretty dramatic. One of the places which I want you to notice, if you have it, not all of you are weapons aficionados. Okay, if you have noticed the uh, Kennesaw uh, trial from the young man who carried an AR-15 during the night of the rioting and the destruction and the root, uh, all that business of the Black Lives Matter people uh, in destroying property and setting things on fire. 
and um, you know people having to come out and protect their property, which uh, this young man claims that he was doing, uh, just coming out to help protect property. And and you know uh, if the police won't do it, then I've predicted all along uh, this would be the case. The people will do it, and that's not the situation you want. But that's the situation they had. So in the courtroom, the defense attorney, I mean, the prosecuting attorney, if you notice, holds up an AR-15 in the courtroom, puts it to his shoulder and points it around the courtroom with his finger in the trigger guard. Let me tell you something, friends. That is somebody who may be described with a D for dumb and an A for that which you sit on in a chair. That guy put his finger in the finger guard. Furthermore, I don't ever see any instance in the courtroom where before or as that prosecuting attorney took possession of that weapon, he cleared the chamber himself. He opened the chamber himself which is a standard rule. When I hand you a weapon, I hand you a weapon with the chamber back if it's a semi-automatic, with the cylinder open if it's a revolver. And I do not hold it with a barrel toward you. And you then inspect it yourself after I have been inspected it. We don't see any of that, okay? We don't see any of that. Now, if you don't think this isn't relevant, look at Alec Baldwin uh, and his situation with the movie set on Rust. Why that idiot took that pistol without opening, it was a revolver, without opening the cylinder and spinning it himself and checking for rounds, provided he knew a live round from a dummy round, which I don't know if he would know. He's a loud mouth. He's an anti-gun guy. Uh, and here he is using the weapon on the set without clearing the weapon himself. Somebody handed him the weapon and told him it was OK. You always assume when you're driving that the other person is going to do the wrong thing. Now, the only people who become case hardened to this are those in live combat, and you'll see those in live combat become, of course, they're so familiar with the weapons and they are so attuned to the weapons that we're not dealing with a civilian situation when you see combat footage of people in one of our places where we have our military. Um, they are obviously in a situation, even though that situation, they will be practicing the very best practices they can do. So that is a situation that uh, comes to mind as a result of this SWAT team follow-up, which I'm doing today. Um, so I appreciate all of you who have contributed comments to uh, that situation. Um, yes, Jim Murphy, GPD requires an after-action report that we're going to request. They didn't offer that, did they, in their Hollywood video. The action act, after action report, unless it's doctored. Now, I got to tell you, there are a lot of people who think that the matrix didn't exist when the SWAT team was dispersed, that it was filled in after the fact and made to come to 10. They never planned on anybody looking at that. It was very sloppy, very haphazard from what we can tell and what the people in law enforcement who contacted me can tell. So the matrix appears to be, and no one can figure out why the, the redacted one is redacted, because all you have to do is what we did is just oppose the model with the redacted version. And the model has all that which is redacted 
it, 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 anybody could get that. So, I mean, we got that we got that pretty, if I recall, pretty easily. Uh, but we had to pull teeth to get the redacted version. What do they think? We don't know what's underneath the covers. And supposedly this, if you hear Tony Jones, who was never vetted, there's a story behind that, which we're not getting into now, but he was never vetted. That means no background checks, no investigation into his past. And he was simply put in the post uh, uh, by the city manager at that time. Uh, there's a story to that, but we're not going to get into that at the moment. But to say at the end of that, that that is a transparent presentation when it's obviously a very expensive Hollywood video, I keep calling it, with redacted cover-ups in it, which have no reason to be redacted. I mean, the only reason I can think of for them to be redacted is they don't want the public to know what the scores are that are assigned to those values because they'll see that they're nonsensical, that they don't make any sense. Um, so that has also come out in the input that you all have sent to me in the Warthog Command Center. I am uh, um, going to pursue some of the suggestions and uh, appreciate the attentiveness with which the students have paid attention to that particular classroom experience. Uh, I'm learning from this as well. And I'm learning a lot about things that are perhaps violated behaviors or uh, the like that is uh, involved in this situation. So thank you very much, those of you. And if you have, still have something uh, for the SWAT follow-up, it's not difficult to get a hold of me. On the wardsgodfiles.com homepage, there is my email and my cell number. So uh, I, I uh, take text messages. And also, some of the comments came in yesterday on the Meldon Law hotline. I want to make sure you understand how that works, 352-325-3938. If you have confidential information and you don't want anybody to see on live Facebook who you are, you call that number and it transcribes what you ask me into a text message that flashes across my screen. So uh, that is a very, good morning, Bob Jones. I'm gonna talk about what you know in a moment, sir. So that is the, for now, the SWAT follow-up, what I call the SWAT follow-up. Now we have a city election uh, in which Cynthia Chestnut uh, resurfaces once again. Uh, she's got 15 or 20 lives. I don't know how many lives did the cat have, nine? Um, this woman has three times the lives of a cat. Um, she, she has been a professional politician uh, all of her life that I know. She's always been nice to me. Uh, so we're not talking about our personal friendships. We're talking about the role these people play in these communities. She has been a professional politician. Um, about every version you can find. Uh, her children, well, Chuck has, not Christopher, whom I'm going to talk about in a moment. Uh, Chuck and then her husband uh, have both been, quote unquote, professional politicians. Um, the Chestnut family uh, goes back to really plantation days. And the original, as I understand it, uh, family to which the Chestnut with a T was connected was a chestnut without the tea, which was the white uh, plantation of, uh, of which the chestnut came and inserted the tea. You know, it's not the story of the past. It's not the story that you have these urbanites from the North tell you. Uh, but that's yet another story for another day. So Cynthia Chestnut comes with quite a bit of notoriety. Now, she also spent about $45,000, $44,000 on her campaign, which is a lot of money somebody gave her uh, to, to uh, uh, run ads, very slick Hollywood video production ads on television, and still only defeats Matt Howland 
uh, by just a handful of votes. Uh, we're monitoring those votes as they come in to see if any of those votes are illegal votes, um, period. Uh, whether they be cast for Howland or Chestnut or Henry or whomever, uh, we're looking at those voter rolls. We are comparing them to what comes in and we're not prepared yet to give you analysis to tell you whether or not this narrow difference between Howland and Chestnut could have been influenced by illegal votes. Although we're keeping an open mind to it and we are investigating it, you can, I can promise you on that. Once again, the dismal, dismal, dismal turnout of the city of Gainesville, the shining city on the hill, the city which was populated by DNA that was dumped out of a intergalactic, outer galactic visit from aliens about 1947 into the lake of the stupids here from which all these Gainesville politicians consume their water. This is perhaps the most dismal irony of so-called model city for moral excellence. How low can you go po ti po and all of his babies surrounding him, uh, whose names I deliberately, I guess, block on. They're so disinteresting to me, uninteresting to me. Um, they are constantly setting themselves up. This goes back to the days, really, to P, P. Green underhand and her crowd with Warren Nielsen and them, when they set themselves up as not only intellectual elites, but also moral superiors to the rest of us who walked on our knuckles. Um, this has continued to be the kind of bill of sale that the public gets, and they don't like the product, so they quit shopping at that store. It's unbelievable that in a city like Gainesville, you only get a 13% turnout. When a Cubans, a Cuber, as Kennedy called it, Cuber, um, Poland, go around the world, they're dying to have the opportunity to vote and to vote in free and open elections. And here you have the opportunity. And, and the reason I'm focusing on Gainesville is that Gainesville likes to think it is the be all and end all of everything. That it has a university which is ranked, oh my God, fifth in the universe. And by doing that, it has turned its, it has turned its back on its own hometown high school graduates for the sake of some ranking. You know, that's not the purpose of the land grant gift that the people of Florida gave the university was to turn around and stomp on its own high school graduates and pull people in here simply for the celebratory egotistical needs of this university. That's a sad comment on university education. It was so sad that uh, the uh, Dr. Wattenberger, who was one of my professors, invented, it was his graduate thesis, invented the plan for a statewide, in those days, called junior college experience. He realized that uh, he was a visionary. He saw what was going to happen. He realized that you're going to turn on your own people. And so he put down this plan, which was adopted by the state, and look at it now filling the need of nursing, of now four-year institution degrees. Uh, thank goodness for Dr. Wattenberger. I was so proud to have him write a letter of recommendation for me for my application to Santa Fe to be hired there uh, in the college classroom. Uh, Dr. Wattenberger wrote me a letter and that, 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 is a, that is the type of people I had support me and I in turn support great students myself whenever I get an opportunity to, or I'm asked to. Um, the city, therefore, I was asked by Jody Davis to comment on it. I, I probably am taking words out of Jody's mouth. I don't want to, maybe he thinks um, there's a way to wave a wand and get more people to vote. I don't see it coming. Um, 
and nobody really is interested in being a politician, people tell me, of quality. Quality people don't get elected to the public offices because they have too much to lose if there's some scandal. Uh, if you're a successful businessman, we have to look no further than Trump. Uh, he was scandalous to the New York and uh, Washington incestuous political crowd that produced the likes of Biden, who never has managed anything, including his own children. And 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 here we get a businessman to step up and run and wins, and they can't take it. They're pulling uh, every stop they can pull to get him out of there. People saw this, see this, have seen it, and don't want to be in public life. When you're in public life, you can give your privacy up. It doesn't exist, rightfully so. Um, the school board, of, uh, miserable fiasco, uh, I'm going to get to after our break because we have queued up a little bit of last night's show, uh, and I call it a show. Uh, you step right up and see the lady with the beard, Circus Barker barked. Huh? That's what you really got. Uh, I used to love fairs and circuses when I was a kid. I'd go to what was called quite uh, 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 improperly now, the freak show. And uh, my golly, it was just step right up now and see the two-headed baby in the bottle. You know, uh, it was just one of those things that came through the country towns and uh, the traveling circus. And and uh, so we got we got a kind of a version of it here, in my humble opinion. And I'm never wrong in the Alachua County School Board, which I'm going to talk to after my next juicy news item. Um, the next juicy news item I have. And may I get an amen? May I get an amen? Uh, and I love choirs, by the way. And I particularly love black choirs. And I particularly love black churches because of the passion of the people. Um, I absolutely uh, love it. I mean, uh, that's where our gospel music comes from. That's where our great soul music comes from. And I'm going to tell you that it was originally born in the cotton fields because to alleviate the toil and the you know tough life of picking cotton, we began as black folk to sing back and forth to each other. Uh, and that was the beginning of the greatest gift the black culture has ever given to the world. And that is the great soulful gospel music. That's my personal opinion and the opinion of many, many people throughout the musical world who learn from the Sam Cooks and the uh, uh, Ray Charles's, the Aretha Franklin's, uh, who got their passion from the church. We've lost that in the black culture. It's one of my great sadnesses. One of my great sadnesses is that we had commonality with black folk as white folk because we shared the Bible. We shared the same values. And when King was assassinated, the black power took over and they were secular, they were communist, they were anti-Christian, and they now run the black culture. It's too damn bad. To that end, I want to announce what is probably the ultimate end of Christopher Chestnut's legal career. Whether or not you knew it, he appealed to the United States. Get this now, are you sitting down? He, this, is the, this is the son, the precious son of one Cynthia Chestnut. He, who, all of whom have always been very nice to me and uh, very filled with Southern manners, I, I swear. It's one of the great things that kept the world civilized were manners. But Christopher appealed to the United States Supreme Court to have his disbarment overturned. And I'm here to announce to you, if you don't know it already, that the United States Supreme Court two days ago turned down his request. Does that surprise you? Christopher's bad luck, if you will, started with the man who was injured at work for the Gainesville Utilities, who became a quadriplegic, and his son, who had been a football player here, 
uh, hired Christopher to take charge of the acquiring money for rightfully so for the damage done to the father. But guess what? The money wasn't getting to the father. It was getting to Christopher. And Robert Rush took over that case. And that, in my mind, in my memory, when Rush won that case, was the beginning of the end for Christopher Chestnut. We're going to take a break right now. When I come back, and I'm, we're going to run a little bit of last night's uh, uh, school board meeting. And uh, I'll comment on it. You know, it's a, it's a sad scene. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's a sad scene in just a moment. So let's take a break for the sponsor's production. When we come back, uh, uh, I'll make just a few remarks to introduce it and we'll run. Is that, if I get a thumbs up for production, we're on the same page? Okay, good deal. Uh, and then I'm going to get into uh, some election business uh, statewide, which we've been researching and been very influential in, which you need to know about. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. All right, welcome back to the Ward Scott Files. Thank to the sponsors and the donations um, that keep us uh, head above water, quite frankly. Keep us keeping the notes and the models going out to you all. And hopefully shows like this do make a difference in uh, what is going on in this acrimonious culture we live in. I titled the show today, Acrimony. Um, I carefully title these shows because of the tremendous censorship that goes on with Facebook. Um, it is uh, a lesser of evils here is a platform we can use, but it's also a platform that is dangerous uh, because if you are pushing back against quote unquote, the so-called woke culture or the political correctness of the time or the fads or all that, uh, you get, as we say in the countryside, crossways in the road. Well, that's what's going on at the local school board. Basically, what's going on at the local school board uh, is a black power takeover, uh, an attempt to, first of all, keep uh, a pretty strong black influential voice on the school board. Um, they were very much set back when Dion McGraw got uh, caught on, uh, uh, quite frankly, cheating. Um, and then, if you will, on where she lived and this and that. Um, never really admitting it, uh, fighting the governor till the very end, until the bitter end. Uh, and then you have McNeely and Certain. And then you have the whole issue of finding a chair that will uh, be manipulative and uh, uh, one can, the board can get to do its bidding. And then to push the critical race theory, uh, um, discrimination, racist sort of commentary into the school system. That's the perception of many, many people who are uh, trying to figure out a way to be reasonable about education without having uh, this particular uh, obsession shoved down their throats. Of course, there have been things which have camouflaged the, 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 the attempt by uh, the school board members, the majority, what was the majority. Uh, COVID was a convenient type of cover-up, and it's been a convenient type of cover-up all through uh, commissions and elections now for quite a while. It enabled Biden to get into office. We've covered that with the Zuckerberg money. There's a huge article out in Primus right now 
uh, that I swear they must listen to the Words God files because it it mimics and they do communicate with me quite a bit. Um, and I've met the president. Um, but anyway, they, the, 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 that that article takes up exactly what I'm talking about right now. So I'm not in a, a cave by myself saying this. And so there have been some attempts to put back some common sense into school discussions. Um, you know, I talked the other day with a person who shall remain anonymous, who is very high up in administration in the county here, uh, who wanted to tell me a few things about how frustrating it is to see uh, positions created and highly paid positions for directors of such things as diversity, inclusion. You take a look at these various institutions that we have, the school board, the county commission, the city commission, they have all created a position for diversity and inclusion and equity and all these things. And not only have they created them, they've handsomely paid those whom they've selected to be the operator of it. And many are scratching their heads wondering, what in the world do they do? You know, we're past days of segregation. Unless these people want to resegregate, we're way past that. But there are some who want to keep thumping the drum until the whole place blows up. You see this in this, we're going to show you in just a minute, where there is a desperate, and I'm sure there's been a lot of backroom conversations among uh, these representatives of the public and the public. I am sure that a public has talked to these people on the school board whom you do not see at the microphone. They do not want to be seen at the microphone because they will suffer character assassinations. In some cases, they'll be thrown out or escorted out by a deputy. They don't want to go through that. So they meet behind and talk to their representatives, which is the way democracy, or as Lloyd Bailey keeps reminding me, a Democrat republic, or as he would say, a republic. He wants purity, and I don't blame him. He's a, I hope if, if I went diving under his instruction, that I would receive the very best instruction on how to survive diving that I could possibly get. So I don't begrudge people who have high standards. It's just that most of us can't meet them, right? Uh, and this example is going to be very clear to you in a moment. We're going to run some of this. I'm not sure how much we'll run, at least four or five minutes of it. And if it's really good and I'm watching the comments, you want more, <laughs> we'll let it run for a little bit. Production, are we ready to go? This is the school board meeting last night when an unexpected move was to uh, change the chairs uh, and it violated custom. Hey, listen, my friends. Hey, it's not a policy. Remember, those people on that dais with the votes can do what they want to do. And uh, is the election of a chairperson. The floor is now open for nominations for chairman. Dr. McNeely. Thank you, um, Dr. Simon. I'd like very much to offer a motion or a nomination, a nomination of Ms. Tina Certain. And I know that you are looking at chairmanship, but I do, do have to say um, that Mr. Hyatt has been doing so much with the protocol with mitigation and many other things with COVID, I'd like to recommend that he be vice chair. Is there a second? Second, I didn't know the second. Just to clarify, we're gonna take these one at a time, correct? Okay. So we'll have a motion uh, for Mr. Hyatt and there is a second. No. No, it's it's the chairs first. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, so there is a motion for Ms. Certain 
And there was a second for Mr. I made the motion. She made the, she did the second. Okay. okay. Um, Madam Chair, I would like to nominate Robert Hyatt for chair. Is there a second? Second. Okay, so this, there has been a motion and a second for Ms. Certain, a motion and a second for Mr. Hyatt. Due to the fact that there is a situation where we will have um, a vote on this and we don't have just one nomination, I think we should have public comment before we have discussion. Is there any public who would like to speak to this? Actually, Madam Superintendent, that would be at the option of the board ceremonial functions such as the chairmanship is not typically open to public comment so that would be at the discretion of the board if they were going to do that but it's not required for sunshine purposes so how so i would have the board vote on whether they want to hear from the public on voting on a chairperson um we're in a little bit of an unusual situation um normally that would be Dr. McNeely's call because she's still chair until the new chair is installed. Okay, so um, Dr. McNeely, would thank you, you like? So, thank you so much. And I'd like to say, um, because Mrs. Russell is new to the board, we've always had our vice chair, who has been vice chair all year long, moved. It's just almost known that that would be the person who would be chairman and then we would look at vice chair so but as as since i'm still chairman i'd like to hear from the public madam superintendent i can't i couldn't hear mr hyatt yes mr hyatt um we've already approved the agenda their public comment is not on the agenda exactly but did you hear the attorney Yes, I actually heard the attorney. And he did say that I could do that. So yes, I'd like to have that happen. So if public would like to comment, um, since we don't have papers, if you would like to stand at the podium in a line and we can take comment if there are any. All right, I want to stop that tape right there because that's where everything went muddy. Uh, you can see that this woman who's the superintendent. All right, I want to stop that tape. Let right me just there. turn my own sound down here just a minute because you'll hear me. I was watching it on my own computer. Uh, let me just stop it here and remind you that uh, uh, the superintendent doesn't know the rules has no idea how to run a meeting, doesn't even know the basic rules, and she's running the meeting. Now, those of you who ask for high standards, you don't have it here. This is a very sloppy, poorly educated school board superintendent, and I would say a good portion of the school board is as well. They don't care as long as they get their way. The attorney really didn't, I don't think, from the way he equivocated, was all that sure himself about what to do. He opened up the room for chaos. Now, nevertheless, Hyatt should have been strong enough to resist because what you're going to see here in a minute is a parade of plants of people who have come here, I would suggest, this is a suggestion for you to think about, to praise what they thought was going to be a movement of certain to the chair, and they were surprised that, hey, that wasn't what the people wanted on the dais and the people who've talked to those people. Now, if memory serves me right, and correct me, I'm looking at the comments, I believe the school board uh, is a, maybe it is a political race. I can't remember. Um, and I didn't have time to research it, but somebody tell me um, if there is a, 
if this is politicized when we vote, we vote for a Democrat or Republican. It shouldn't be. But maybe I just don't recall right now. I didn't have time to look it up. Maybe Tim Martin knows and he'll tell me in a minute. But um, um, this is a bad move here because now we're going to see uh, come to the stand um, public comments, people who are going to call this a coup. And uh, there you go. We're off and running with step right up, step right up and see the two headed baby in the jar of, of uh, whatever. OK, let's run a little bit more, please, production. The, it can't hear you. Push the button. Is that better? Oh, wow, that's really loud. Madam Chairwoman Anna Prizia, um, Alachua County parent of a middle schooler at Westwood High School and uh, also county commissioner, but I'm speaking for myself as a citizen and a parent. And I would just like to say that, you know, we have a process of having vice chairs because they spend a lot of time and energy with the chair learning and being um, more up on the issues. And though that process has always been honored. It's a process that we have at the county commission of a vice chair going into a chairmanship. And and I and it's a longstanding tradition of the of the public school board as well. And I really appreciate that process. I think not only does it lead to some continuity and leadership, but it also leads to um, an understanding of the public of what to expect in terms of leadership. And so um, I would just like to speak in support of the vice chair becoming the chair of the board and um, in support of Tina and her hard work that she's put into this um, board her entire service period. And so um, I, I support the nomination of Tina Certain for chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, good evening, everyone. My name is Carolyn Weber. I am also the parent of a middle schooler and elementary school student. And I would also like to support Ms. Certain as the uh, new chair. Um, just like Anna said, I believe that we should follow the protocols that have been set forth over the years. Um, and I'm not sure why we would change things. You know, at this point, this is something that has been done over and over again. I believe. Mr. Hyatt has actually already been the chair of the board, uh, and I'm not sure why we would not let Ms. Certain become the chair as vice chair. So just reiterating what Anna said, I think we should continue to um, follow protocol, and, and then the citizens will know what to expect next time. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any more public comment on this topic? Okay, thank you. Mr. Delaney, um, so do the board members discuss this? Sorry, I have new to this. Sure. Um, th that would be permissible, but not required if the board's ready to vote. Attorney Delaney, I have a question. And it's All right, welcome back to the Ward Scott File. Step right up and see that two-headed baby in the jar of formaldehyde. Step right up and see the lady with the beard. It's the circus. It is circus time at the Alachua County School Board. We have a superintendent who was accused, apparently, by Gunnar Paulson of not being able to run a Girl Scout meeting. And here you have evidence that it's true. That woman doesn't know, has to ask the attorney, well, do we discuss this now or what do we do? We might as well have had two paid public comments. They might as well have been on the payroll. First of all, Priyaza or whatever, she has no business stepping in there from another board, although she doesn't say she's from the board. She said, well, I'm a citizen. They use the kid thing as their cover. Oh, I got a kid in school. Who doesn't? You know? So that gives them legitimacy and nullifies her politicalization of the meeting by being a Democrat school board uh, common uh, to the uh, Alachua County Democrats school board conversation gets mixed up and 
can, and, and meld, welded together, okay? Uh, the other woman is typically what you often see at these meetings, somebody who hangs out at them, um, comments on everything that uh, is sort of radicalized. And, and here's the interesting thing. You know, well, we just got protocol. Hey, if we followed protocol, uh, we would have a lot of things we wouldn't be doing. Uh, if we followed protocol, um, we wouldn't have any women in the police force. If we followed protocol or custom, uh, we wouldn't, you know, there's a lot of things that, that uh, we don't follow because it's custom. We uh, do uh, that which the board votes to do because we elect them through a process to make those decisions on our behalf. And that board of five people is supposed to represent the entire county and all the parents. And when a couple of them come up there and want to have uh, that board nullified, you see what the problem is. Now, a strong chair, which Hyatt, I'm not convinced, is or ever will be, would have said, and he does become the chair, but certain becomes the vice chair. Um, and there was comment later on, it might, we can't make Russell a vice chair because after all, she's a Republican, words to that effect. You can see the problem you get into with um, um, the manipulation of power. This is all about power. The last thing it's about, um, it's the last thing it's about is are the children. Um, the last thing it's about is, let me tell you something. Uh, there's that, there's a, I don't know if I'll get to this, but there is a huge, huge substitute shortage in the nation. There's a substitute shortage of teachers in the nation. And here, this kind of crap right here keeps people from even wanting to be a substitute. And never mind that we're putting people out of desperation into the classroom who have no training to be there. They step up and, hey, it's like anything else that you see right now. Help wanted. Where's the help going? This is not encouraging people to enter the teaching profession. I have many, many, many friends in K-12 whom I know who are telling me this. They are disgusted by this. Uh, why they let this Priaza woman, Priza woman, what, you know, and the other come up there is the lawyer's fault. He tells the lawyer, well, and he's equivocating the whole time. Uh, I'm not so sure he knows uh, that, well, if the chair, boy, she, McNeely, you better believe it. She knew who was out in that audience and she knew what they were going to say. And she was going to use that to stall and gum up the works. If you had Mildred Russell as vice chair, you would have somebody who would shore up Hyatt uh, and keep Hyatt focused on uh, the point of view that is antithetical to the point of view of McNeely and certain. And you got to praise Gunner because he's done a little bit of listening and he's done a little bit of adapting. So. Um, this is, this is your school board. Uh, and, uh, I wanted to run enough of it for you to get the flavor of it and to see that it is, uh, contentious and, uh, not, I don't know if it'll get straightened out or not. We've got another meeting coming up. I've been told, uh, this is going to be a meeting where there will be a motion to fire the superintendent. Ah, uh, boy, boy, that's going to hit the fan. Is it not? Uh, that is going to be really a big deal. I want to close out with something that we've been working on for quite a while, and that is, you know, election fraud. And there is a county that we have discovered, and I, when I say we, I'm talking about the investigator instigator primarily carrying the heavy lifting. And that is Lake County. There's a man named Alan Hayes there who is the Republican election supervisor for Lake County who made a mistake in a show that he was interviewed in saying he didn't believe there was any election fraud and he was tired of all the lies and uh, either put up or shut up. And until he had evidence that there was election fraud, 
he didn't want to hear any more about it. Well, guess what? It didn't take two seconds for us to find examples of election fraud. Okay, it is pretty easy to do. Uh, and the election fraud comes primarily in the most observable uh, way by uh, convicted felons voting who haven't paid restitution. But within the classification of convicted felons, we are focusing in this case in Lake County just on sexual uh, predators, uh, people who are guilty of sexual crimes who don't ever get their ability, their rights restored and are under constant, as I understand it, under constant supervision and location. You're supposed to be able to know where these people are all the time. So that wasn't difficult to do. And uh, we, we sent quite a number uh, to him uh, off his own voter rolls. And I got to tell you that uh, everything has changed there. All of a sudden, the unlike the local superintendent's uh, profile here out on the uh, uh, webpage, the webpage changed in Lake County and it began to say, well, well, uh, hey, we appreciate all the information you've given us. Um, um, the, 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 the material we sent, by the way, um, was uh, convicted sex offenders. And as such, they're not eligible to vote in the state of Florida. And uh, uh, we, we, you know, we didn't have any trouble finding them at all. Why couldn't Hayes in Lake County find them? I don't know why, but I do know that once we started inundating uh, that uh, supervisor elections office, they did put up a different headline on their webpage and they said, uh, welcome, we welcome any kind of, uh, of information now that we can get about uh, election fraud, a complete change in verbiage and tone. And um, this was uh, uh, very interesting. We haven't seen that from here, for example. Uh, we have caught the guys voting in the jail, not only voting in the jail, but apparently being solicited by the, uh, um, by the an, an agent of the supervisor's office who's disappeared, by the way. But here is what the now is a voter news bulletin put out on the 16th. Today, I think is the 17th. I'll read it to you. The Ward Scott Files caused this to happen. OK, the Ward Scott Files caused this to happen. All right. As you may have recently heard, some individuals have questioned the accuracy of our active voter lists. You better believe it. We're the individuals. Upon hearing these concerns, we encourage those individuals to provide our office with the names of anyone suspected of any inappropriate elections behavior. Hey, we did. The next paragraph says, we wish to thank those citizens who have submitted names of people suspected to be erroneously on the active voter roll or whom may, grammatical error here, whom may, should be who, who may have violated other aspects of the Florida election code. We continue to welcome submission of names. If one has good reason to suspect the name should not be on our active voter list. Wow, how do you think that voter news bulletin got to be on the Lake County Supervisor of Election website? Huh? What do you think caused that to happen? The Ward Scott Files research team caused that to happen. Now, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I promise you, that's just the tip of the iceberg of fraudulent voters voting in elections. Um, I don't have time to go into the national story here that I was going to cover because we had to cover the school board circus. But um, believe me, We'll pick it up. There's a letter in the uh, to the editor today about elections uh, written uh, by uh, a lady named uh, Marjorie Hazuri. You need to read that letter today. It takes to task the this hocus bogus about 
Republicans casting the districts the way um, they want them uh, in these elections. Take a look at the Corrine Brown, by the way. So there's a lot to talk about. That's all we've got time for today. I appreciate production for doing a great job again in uh, providing you with the video uh, of our circus that's in town. Uh, I suspect the circus will be around for quite a while. Have a great day. Uh, Warthog Command Center out.